Hello and welcome to Grow Up, an APG Canada podcast where we give strategic thinkers and creative tinkerers opportunities to grow. I'm your host, Michelle Lee, and today on the show, we're catching up with Jessica Borges, VP Business Lead at Coup, a division of Cossette, to share her top five tips on how to ensure diversity is at the heart of every brief. Just before we dive in, we'd like to give a special shout out to the team at Forsman Bodenfor for sponsoring today's episode. As one of Canada's leading strategy departments and supporters of strategic planning, they've shown a keen interest in continuing to help us foster and strengthen Canada's strategic talent. And for that, we thank you. Now let's get into the show. Jessica, welcome to the show. We're super excited to have you here. Um, terrific if you could please introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us a bit about your background, um, why this topic is important to you, and then share your top five tips. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about myself. Um, so for me, I think just growing up, I've always had this uh, excitement and love for stories and storytelling. Uh, and I think that propelled, um, you know, sort of just got into my career as well, where it fueled my love for travel, history, love for diverse people. Uh, when, when I've grown up in India and in India, you can go between the states and everything changes, right? The language, the cuisine, uh, the dress uh, and it's our differences and uniqueness. That is what I find so fascinating. And I think that's what makes it so beautiful and exciting. So um, I started my career in McKinney. Um, can in India. Um, and in fact, I was lucky because although I was out of uh, working out of Mumbai, uh, McCann, Mumbai, I also got to travel to McCann, Chennai for a year, uh, you know, where I got to know the people, the culture, and also uh, help shepherd Vaseline, the brand back to Mumbai. So that was a great learning as well. And then my husband, he loves to travel just like me. So we actually planned to, because we both creative people in the creative industry and we thought we'd go and work in different uh, countries, uh, you know, find jobs, earn in the currency, and then just experience the culture. And we thought, um, you know, even if like we don't have jobs, we'll wait on tables, but we just were so excited about, you know, living in different countries. And so um, actually he got a job first in the Sultanate of Oman. And I wasn't sure because I'm like, pretty vocal as a feminist. So I was like, would I fit into the culture? But I said, you know, let me just give it a try. So we were there for three years and it was just amazing because we made so many friends. You know, historically it has the second oldest souk in the world. It has phosphorescence on the waters. There are date trees that you can pluck dates off. So it was just the experience and the people were so welcoming and lovely. And then from there we work, worked in Dubai uh, for a few years. And uh, that's when I decided I wanted to start my own little creative shop to experience that because it's tax-free. So I'm like, why not? And so that was, that was exciting as well uh, for me. And then from there, um, I just felt, you know, just understanding a new audience. It was the Arabic audience. And I, I found it fascinating how the brand essence remains the same, but it changes uh, to embrace and resonate with customers. And I think that's where my love for just meeting and understanding diverse customers, you know, came up. Um, and then a Canadian immigration came through. So we landed here a decade ago during the recession. <laughs> and I went out to say, okay, everyone's losing their jobs all around me. We are new to this country. We are like using our savings. Um, let me just go and try, you know, to get some freelance. And I, uh, 
I, I ended up in this um, agency, you know, they called it a multicultural uh, space. And I didn't really understand what was a multicultural space because all my life it's mainstream, right? And we created breakfast. But I said, you know what, let's just give this a try. And I found it quite fascinating because um, when you think of it, Canada is one of the most diverse countries in the Western world. It's like a world within a country, right? Um, and I think over these years, I've it's just been so fascinating uh, connecting with all these, you know, brands with all these audiences. So, for example, when you think of it, South Asians are actually five ethnicities within one, right? Uh, Chinese is actually two different groups within one. And each of them are different. Nuances change, right? The brand has to understand that to resonate. Um, and then I got the, uh, and, and when you look at it, um, oh yeah, so so then my next jump was a cassette, uh, you know, uh, reached out to me. And I was actually quite excited to work at Cassette because um, I have a double mandate here. So I work with uh, Cassette on diversity initiatives, and I'm also growing Coo, for which I'm the VP business lead, uh, to also you know uh, grow uh, this multicultural agency and to to, to flex our, our, our might also in the diversity space. And I was quite excited actually to work with Cassette because they said that they really believed in diversity and I've seen it, right? And uh, this statement, you know, says diversity is always the brief. I just love that. Um, so Ku is a division of Cassette. We specialize in connecting with multicultural communities through powerful insights, strategic planning, creative ideas, media, the works. And when you think of it, you know, Canada plans to welcome 1.5 million new immigrants into the country over the next three years, right? Just in the past, uh, to make up for COVID shortfalls, like, uh, you know, the numbers are out there. Uh, it's like 400,000 new immigrants this year, and that's not counting the almost 400,000 students. So it's almost uh, like, you know, a million people coming in, right? Um, newcomers who, uh, and Canada actually, um, I think people outside have seen how Canada responded during the COVID years with such humanity, empathy, um, you know, and, and I think this has made Canada even more attractive uh, to people who want to come in and be part of this beautiful, diverse, multicultural landscape. Um, yeah. So, so that's my little story of, you know, how I ended up in this space and how I'm growing in this space. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a fascinating uh, story. And you're so lucky to have kind of lived and worked in all these different uh, countries and, and parts of the world. I'm curious, you mentioned before that Canada, you know, obviously we think of ourselves and it's just such an interesting uh, backdrop um, because of all the different types of people that live here in different parts of the world that they come from and religions, et cetera. Um, and I think you mentioned that, you know, you found it interesting that there were multi, uh, cultural agencies here to begin with because kind of where, you know, markets you'd worked in the past, everything was multicultural. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that. Um, because from what I understand, and I have never actually lived and worked in Dubai, but from what I understand of Dubai, it's kind of a similar, uh, perhaps context to Canada in the sense of a, a real diversity of people. And yet it sounds like, um, for them, you know, perhaps the brief is the brief as opposed to uh, separation between mainstream and multicultural. 
What I would think the difference would be is actually um, who are the leaders of the countries, right? So when you look at it, Dubai or any of the you know countries of the UAE are actually ruled by um, you know what we call the royal family, right? Like Oman was ruled by a sultan. So uh, it's very clear that you know the um, the feel of the land it it is uh, you know Islamic. So you need to uh, be respectful of that, right? So in Oman, for example, uh, during Ramadan, none of us would eat or could be seen outside eating during you know that period of time, right? Uh, but we would all celebrate during iftar. Now, in that sense, when we uh, spoke to audiences, um, lots of the campaigns would be in Arabic. And as an English writer, I had to understand uh, nuances of the audience. Uh, you know, so for example, things like, um, and I'm talking now uh, Oman, right? So showing, um, uh, like you would put a woman in a hijab, you would make sure and be respectful of, uh, uh, like family or time of the year or you know symbols of, uh, say Ramadan, for example. Now. Dubai, on the other hand, is almost like a, it's a tourist attraction. Many people from different parts of the world go there to work. However, you need to be, it's more actually open in the sense of how you would dress or, you know, uh, you could drink outside. There's a lot of partying. It's got the tallest tower in the world. Uh, you know, in the Bujal Arab, you would actually have uh, gold dust in your coffee, a lot of money to spend. So it's different in that sense. However, again, when you uh, advertise, um, you need to keep, uh, you know, like exa exactly like if I was uh, uh, advertising during Ramadan or which audience am I talking to, um, you would change depending on that. Um, but in Canada, it's totally different. Uh, it's democratic. It's free. Uh, there is um, uh, respect for, you know, uh, different diverse multicultural people you know uh, we celebrate our two lgbtq people there is so much now interest in the indigenous like i'm fascinated i just did a 12 module course with the university of alberta online uh, just to understand the whole indigenous um you know history how they came about i think here it's it's more open uh, there is respect for everyone and and that's different so when you advertise see which audience you're advertising for and which is why language is so important as well in the multicultural space. Uh, the 2021 StatScan results have just shown that, you know, languages like say Punjabi, Hindi, Gujarati, um, uh, Spanish, even Chinese, these are have grown like tremendously in some cases, 38% from 2016. However, there are some other languages like uh, say Italian, Polish, uh, German, which have actually had negative growth. So just by that, when you stand back, you can just see, and there's like some 200 um, mother tongues reported in uh, Canada, which I think is just amazing. You know, it, it just opens up how we can talk to people. Uh, you know, at the same time, we, we need to remember that there's also have to be that love for Canada. The reason why we've all come here for the values, the nuances, the uh, the acceptance. And we need to keep that above because at the end of the day, it's also Canada, right? We are South Asian Canadian. We are Chinese Canadian. So I think that is very important as well. We bring the positives of our culture and add it to the positiveness of Canada. 
Great. Wow. Thank you. That's a, a, a very great answer. Um, and obviously reflects the, the different nuances between the two countries. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let, yeah, let's dive into it. So you said you'd give us five tips. Okay. <laughs> At least, um, we're hoping um, on how we make diversity uh, the heart of the brief. Um, so do you have a first tip for us? Okay. So my first tip is um, you have to first believe, right? Believe that you want to create real and positive change. Believe that you want to create a sense of belonging for everyone. And if you want to authentically celebrate diversity, it should happen right at the planning and the briefing stage at the get-go. Very often what's happening right now is diversity is an afterthought, right? There's a mainstream campaign and like, hey, okay, here's a little budget. Do we need some adaptation? Do we need some translation? So that's what is happening. So we need to bring it right to the start and it has to be part of the mainstream planning process at the get-go. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's a really good point. And so how does that work? Um, can you give me an example like at, at Cossette? I mean, you're only one person, I imagine, unless maybe you have an army below you. Um, do you are you engaging with different strategists at different points um, on certain clients? How does that work? That's exactly what's happening. And I'm so excited about it. It's been, I, I mean, I've just been here now. It's been like just over six months, but I feel like it's been like years because it's been so exciting. Um, and we have actually uh, deep dived into uh, different briefs where I'm right at the table at the start for many of, you know, um, uh, creative presentations, the strategizing, the thinking. And, and it's lovely because it's like both ways, right? I think it's like a, a sharing of ideas and values and just excitement. And I can see clients responding as well, which is really fascinating. And then on the cool side, we are growing and we are trying to push for clients, which is actually part of my other tip, but I can just mention it here, not to just, you know, advertise during certain points of the year, but try and make it annual. Um, so we are having uh, those discussions as well. Uh, yeah, on both sides. Yes. Interesting. And so I'm I'm interested, um, are you then all working from one brief or then do you go and do a separate brief for your specific audiences? How how does that all work? So it can work in two ways. If I'm working for... um, uh, for example, we just finished celebrating Diwali, right? Which is on the 20, which was on the 24th. So we had briefs which were specifically for, say, Diwali. Uh, and in fact, um, I could talk to it later. We actually uh, had, you know, two campaigns where two clients actually uh, activated for Diwali for the first time. Now that becomes a specific brief. It's to a very specific audience, right? South Asians who are celebrating Diwali. So that would come directly and we would work on it as coup. Right, because that uh, brings our expertise in, um, and then uh, if there are like say other briefs that I'm just trying to think now, um, you know, it sort of uh, opens up. Um, like we want to say for certain times, I've been also trying to push for it. Uh, so, for example, if um, uh, like a group comes to us and says, "Here is this project, and you know we have worked on it, right? And what do you think of this?" And then we say, "Hey, uh, you know, uh, what about a diversity twist?" this and uh, you know can we open it out further and sometimes it even goes back to the client and comes back with okay here's some budgets let's do this and I think that is actually um, you know a great start because the next time you go into a brief you would be asking this question right at the time you're getting briefed at least I hope so (laughs) yes Yes, I, I find that so interesting. I guess it, it, it uh, leads me to ask a couple questions. One is, 
Um, I think that sometimes briefs that we can get from our clients can be somewhat high level. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, 18 yes. to 45, you, you've seen those briefs. Yes. Um, and, and yet it, it, I think it immediately puts a certain picture in our head, even though that's incredibly broad, but it certainly doesn't make us immediately think of South Asian 42 year old or, you know, like whatever it may be, all, all the, all the different nuances, um, not, not only demographic, but even some of the behavioral and psychographic, uh, things that can be appended to those audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my first question is, how, is it like, how do you get the client because you can have all the stats, right? You can have the stats that say yep. Canada's made up of this many number of people and there's this many number of immigrants coming in. How do you get them to really think about who their audience is and maybe even like where the growth opportunities are? And then once you've answered that question and solved all that for us, um, <laughs> my next question is, um, I'd imagine there's, there's a careful balancing act between being universal in terms of being able to tap into universal human truths that everyone can connect with, but also being able to get more specific because mm-hmm. there are such massive cultural differences um, that you can connect into as well. So I'm just going to lob those over to you and see what you do with those. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so so one thing which we are doing is, you know, just um, updating all our decks because the stats are changing so quickly and so fast, right? It's just like fascinating and you've got to be on the ball as well. So um, I think one way to do it is through education. So I have been like, crazily, you know, outreaching uh, to clients. Uh, I've been making connections with, you know, teams and groups within Cosset as well, um, you know, on different levels, right? And um, just presenting, you know, our point of view, presenting diversity. And and remember, Michelle, when you say uh, diversity, for me, I feel it's, it's multicultural for sure, but it's also trying to bring in all diversity, right? And that's where my fascination also is, Right. Uh, like indigenous Canada, two LGBT groups, like so this, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 black Canadians, right? It's like, it's like so amazing. And, and right now the call for, you know, um, uh, the call to be seen, you know, the call to be respected, the, the call to be represented, right? In meaningful, authentic ways. That's like so loud out there. So when, and, and people are listening, you know, so I'm grabbing that opportunity, uh, you know, walking, making connections and just building those decks and putting those facts and figures, because that is what will convince, you know, and I feel even small victories, right? Give us a tiny project. You love what we do. Open it up to other projects, you know, op- tell your friends about it, tell other clients about it. And for me, that's, it, you know, baby steps, but baby steps that are going to be like a full run uh, soon, I hope. <laughs> yes, yes. That's your first question. Mm-hmm. Can you repeat your second question, Michelle? Um, there's universal human truths. Yep. And then there's the opportunity to kind of get really specific and really connect with different uh, segments. Yes. How do you balance between the two when the opportunity to connect at a deeper level is, is you know, the potential is so great? Um, actually, you know, that's what when you look at the diversity space, actually, it can be very tricky because, you know, there are so many different people who can be affronted. You think you're, you know, doing, and, and I think that is one of the reasons why, you know, clients are also a little wary about stepping into the waters because 
you may be doing it with a clean, clear heart to be, you know, embracing and, 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 you know, just like, uh, embracing diversity, but, um, you might just like say, Oh, I, you insulted me or you, you, you missed me out. Or why did you say it that way? Right. Um, so, so yeah, I feel, and actually, again, it's one of my points below. <laughs> So Michelle, you're getting me to say things. That, you know. That's all right. <laughs> so, um, so I, I feel it's important to go beyond stereotypes because very often there is diversity within diversity, right? Look at me. I'm a mom. I was a new immigrant. Um, I am a South Asian Canadian. So I have that experience as well. Um, and then when you put it all together, I'm going to be a very, I'm a very different person from say my daughter who is second generation Canadian. She's also South Asian Canadian, but it's a, a very different feel of South Asian Canadian. She's more Canadian, right? Um, and she's also, you know, uh, a woman, uh, she's feminist. She is, but her thinking is so different because of my lived experiences that sort of shaped me and it shaped her. So I think when you look at that holistically, um, it's important when a brand talks to try and get to that, that crux, that human truth, that point where you can solve problems, uh, you know, address challenges, and how can you make it better for people? Um, I think that's one way of, uh, you know, going in. Um, I don't know if I, I answered your question. Yeah, um, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. I think you've made some uh, really important points there. And I like how you have kind of um, highlighted, for example, the distinction between, you know, maybe yourself and, and your daughter because of the different uh, places that you have been born in and have been brought up. I also think it's really interesting to think about the fluid nature of this identity mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm a Chinese Canadian and I feel mm-hmm. like, um, there, there are certain points maybe in your life when you almost have this reconnection back to right. your, who you are, to your roots. Yep. Like, for example, I remember prominently after having my first child learning about the fact that I wouldn't be able to shower for the next 30 days <laughs> really? and, and being shocked by that. Um, wow. or, or I actually think it comes in at a large, a large extent for a lot of people when you have mm-hmm. kids, because you think about the ways yep. that you were brought up or you yep. just find out about kind of traditions or things yep. like that. Or it could be maybe to your point, like, um, or, or as you've experienced, um, you know, I've experienced having lived in a different country for a few years and then almost become repatriated back. And, mm-hmm. and, and there's differences that you notice there. Yes. Um, so I think that's really interesting as well. I, you know, there's been lots written about immigrants who come and then, you know, what, what their first 60 days is like, and then what yep. their next two years is like, and et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, how their attitudes and their perceptions and all that sort of thing change. Um, yep. So I think that the fluid nature of it is, is super interesting. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I have um, kind of uh, the ways to get diversity right or at the heart of every brief to, to start at the beginning, um, ensure that it's always on, you know, not just at certain key periods or key festivals, um, mm-hmm. really move beyond uh, stereotypes to get at the human truth. Uh, mm-hmm. what, else, what other tips would you share in your final two? I feel uh, maybe we could talk about being authentic and genuine, right? Because right now, <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, I have to laugh because a lot of people, they feel that they are being, you know, a representative, but it's just like, you know, you see a peppering of 
a Chinese face, a South Asian face, a black face, right? And whoa, we are diverse. I'm sorry, right? Because customers can see right through this, you know, to, to lip service and tokenism. So you need to, to be authentic and genuine. You need to understand challenges, you know, offer solutions, uh, be a true partner, right? Uh, to create this lasting bonds. And, and the, the communication has to be, you know, welcoming, right? It has to be inclusive because very often what happens is you think you're being inclusive, but, 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 but the customer standing outside and looking in from the, you know, outside at the creative. And sometimes you may not even understand it. Sometimes like, was that meant to be funny? I don't, I don't understand. So I think, uh, we need to think it through to who is watching, who is being represented. Uh, you know, will this phrase be seen as negative for someone for whom English may not be the first language? Um, you know, uh, things like that. Yeah. It, do you ever um, look to, for example, with global brands, um, I don't know, let's just take American Express as an example. Uh, you know, if American Express, I don't, I don't know how prominent they are, let's say in India, but would you ever look at campaigns that they're doing in India to see if they might appeal to South Asians here in Canada? Like, does it ever go that way? Or we or do that. Yeah, you, you do. Okay. Okay. Because uh, right now, uh, you know, uh, one of the Diwali campaigns that we did, so uh, we did look at, um, you know, how uh, Kurkuri advertises in India because you want to keep the brand uh, the same, right? Uh, you know, how it talks, how it looks, what is the, the feel of the brand, right? Uh, and a lot of Indians out here, for example, also know Kurkuri from back home. However, uh, we wanted to also, you know, open it up to a, to a wider audience, right? To make it more inclusive. So which is why we had to rewrite the brand Diamond which was quite interesting for uh, Kurkure within Canada, where it talks not only to a South Asian audience, but also to a wider, you know, Canadian audience. Uh, and then we did the film for Diwali, which would again make Diwali inclusive, not only for South Asians, but for the wider audience. Uh, and yeah, so, so, that was, that, so, so that's how, you know, you look at it because Remember that the brand remem remains the same. However, the audience shifts. Like a South Asian audience in India is not going to be the same as a South Asian audience here, which could be a second generation audience. It could be, um, you know, uh, like an older audience or a younger audience. The audience changes as well. So that's what makes it complex, but that's what makes it interesting too. Yeah. I mean, uh, th that raises something that I've always found so kind of fascinating and equally infuriating with <laughs> the cultural agencies in terms of how they've been regarded, because I feel like the conversation yes. has really just been around immigrants yes. um, and immigration. When, I mean, you could just blow the whole thing up and talk about underserved markets, underserved segments. Exactly. And then it's first and second generation yep. Canadians who have not felt included, yes. LGBTQ, we've yes. talked about Indigenous. It could even yes. go so far as Gen X and boomers who feel yes. like people only want to talk to Gen Z. Exactly. Um, you know, women in certain categories, yes. men in certain categories. Yes. yes. And that is what is true diversity, right? And that is what is diversity within diversity. And that is what we should be looking at. That is what all brands should be looking at, you know, right at the start of every brief. 
All right. Well, then I'm going to move on to point five. Sure. Okay. Um, what's your tip number five for getting um, diversity into the heart of every brief? So I'm going to mix point four and five. Okay. Like my point four, which I did. Uh, so, so, okay. So one is make sure that, um, you know, when you need to have diversity, you need to also represent diversity in your organization. So your advisors, the team that you have with lived experiences, rich insights into your customer journey, right? And then look at your agency partners. Do they have diversity represented? Look at your production people, you know? So does your company have diversity goals for representation? I think that's where it should should start. It should just go right through. And that is what will, you know, make everything more rich. It'll make it easier. It'll make it more fun. Right. And then the last point attached to this is I would just say it's important to make a start. You know, like it is difficult. I know it is a little scary sometimes. You know, you don't want your brand to get hurt, but it's important to make a start. And and then once you make a start, see if you can, you know, expand it and then keep it going year round, you know, to learnings, to outreach, just listen learn, be more compassionate, right? Uh, and this will help bring change to systems. Um, yeah, so, you know, and, and I think Canada is getting more diverse. It's evolving where despite our differences and because of our uniqueness, you know, we we celebrate all our communities. Yes. Yeah, I think that's um, a couple of really interesting um, things to think about in that um, you know, in terms of making uh, diversity all-encompassing and pushing it throughout your organization. I mean, there's been so many stats about how maybe we're getting better diversity, yet it's still not happening in the upper management levels. And so then it seems the reaction to that, everyone hired a chief diversity officer. <laughs> Check, look, okay, we've got that sorted. Um, but for the what it felt like, and I know this wasn't necessarily the intention, but what it felt like was, okay, well, now all of this flies on one person's shoulders right. <laughs> in terms of pushing this all through. Yeah. And also to your point, if diversity is meant to stand for everything from LGBTQ to mm-hmm. indigenous, to age differences, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, one person can only represent a portion of exactly. that, any of those segments. Yeah. And so yeah. how can it possibly, I mean, no. you really absolutely need yeah. to have diversity in your, organization, but diversity of all kinds. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And then we shouldn't be expected to have all the answers because we didn't create all the problems, right? But it sort of lands on your shoulders um, and and we're thinking it through as well. Uh, Yeah. But I'm just, uh, you know, I I think I'm the sort who... um, who's passionate and, you know, I just like being drawn into all these conversations and I find people opening up and it just like, you know, snowballs. So, yeah. I find it really interesting, um, you know, early again, when you talked about, we, we talk a lot about this generation or Gen Z being, you know, digital natives. It, it strikes me that they're also diversity natives because they don't yeah. understand these differences, boxes that we've all set up. I mean, I find it inherently fascinating that uh, the younger generation, you know, my daughter, and yep. when her, she introduces herself with her friends, they all talk about their pronouns and all these sorts yes. of things. And so there's no history. There's, there's no. nothing to draw on in terms of, okay, yeah. I have to shed or stop thinking about gender as a binary construct. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah, it's really fascinating. I feel I'm learning from them every day, right? And I'm just so awed uh, by their courage. 
you know, by, by not being restrained by, you know, goals, we have to reach this position in this many years. And this means that I am successful, right? I just feel they have that um, openness to embrace every day, you know, to be open to changing, to be op- open to failing and saying, you know what, that didn't work out. And I think that's such a beautiful way. Uh, like, I feel very hopeful for the future looking at yeah. that. Yeah. Amazing. Great. Well, I, I've so enjoyed this conversation. Um, it's really been really, really stimulating. And um, I think, uh, you know, amazing that you are and, and Cassette and Ku and everyone there, uh, you know, so brave and courageous to, to take that first step. Because I do, I think we all recognize that steps need to be taken. Mm-hmm. But there's this thing of, okay, where do you even get started? And then, okay, we, you don't want to mess it up because there's so much potential to mess it up. <laughs> Um, but no, I think it, it's terrific to have leaders such as yourselves taking this on. So if I play back these five tips, um, from what I understand, it's about, um, starting at the beginning, um, you know, having your, your voice at the table. Um, you know, I, we, we had this conversation before it, it reminds me of almost like digital 15 years ago where <laughs> we were yeah. trying to ensure that they were at the table and they kind of had their, they were off in their own separate corner and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, so hopefully it'll become second nature to us in not too long, um, to ensure that it's always on, not just happening seasonally at different festivals or different events and times of year, um, to move beyond stereotypes, to look for those human truths, right. um, to really be authentic and genuine, um, you know, not just, you know, obviously not, uh, having a tokenistic kind of approach, um, to all this and ensure that diversity is uh, running and breathing and living throughout uh, every corner of your organization um, yes. and diversity in all its many, many uh, diverse uh, definitions. Right. Yes. 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 Right. Amazing. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much for your time. And uh, I look forward to being, maybe we can do a catch up in another, I don't know, six to 12 months and see how far you guys have come. I would love that, Michelle. And thank you so much for having me. This has been such fun. Great. Thank you. Thank you for joining today's episode of Grow Up. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, share the episode, and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. 